In previous seasons, we opened each show reviewing cases of girls who are currently missing that we call the Aisha Alert. In our third season, we've decided to switch some things around. We will no longer be adding the Aisha Alerts into the shows, but will continue to post new cases of missing black girls on our social media each week. We encourage you to pay close attention to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram so that you can help us help the families who are still seeking answers and long for their loved ones' safe return. You are listening to Season 3 of Black Girl Missing, a podcast that covers stories of black girls reported missing when they were under the age of 18. When black girls go missing, their cases are severely underreported in mainstream media. We want to shift the narrative. We invite you to listen, learn, and do whatever you can to help us bring as many girls home as possible. Due to the sensitive and sometimes graphic nature of these cases, we advise you to use caution when listening. Welcome back to Black Girl Missing. <laughs> uh, how are y'all doing today? Who are you? Oh, I was I was gonna say I was gonna say my my stuff last. Listen, this is how we sometimes we just roll in just whatever's happening, right? Today, today's been weird. You know, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I'm Asa. Today's been weird. I'm Feminista Jones. Every day is weird. <laughs> I'm Nikki. Today was absolutely weird for me. And then I got a flower delivery. That's nice. Aren't you special? Wow, somebody loves you. Somebody actually cares. Wow, it's like. Must be nice. Must be nice. We some must be nice. (laughs) Now you know. Oh my goodness gracious. Somebody loves your ass too. You know what? Our aspirations (laughs) are are that. You know, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Am I dating the show? And that's what I'm doing. I'm yes, dating the you, show. you are. Oh, well. but, you know, it's okay. It's okay. It happens. We pre-record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up, and you know, there's always a lot of conversations about these things. And um, some of us are loved, and some of us are not. And clearly, at least one of our co-hosts is loved <laughs> by people who send her flowers. Mm-hmm. Shout out to anybody in the audience that wants to send either Asa or I flowers. Uh, we accept. Yes. Gift cards. We'll buy them ourselves. Yes. Either way. Either way. Either way. Either way. Now we're just messing. (laughs) We're just messing. I I am (laughs) lovable. You are. Yes. You are the most lovable, clearly. Yes. Clearly. clearly. (laughs) I am lovable because I am a reflection of all of the women who love me. Oh. Oh, That was some nice to say. But we still ain't got no flowers. That was so light skinned of her. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we got a show. We got a show. We got a show. Hey, so what you Indeed. got for us today? What you got for us this week? So today I have Tiana Nicole Martin. And for this one, I want to also add an extra sensitivity warning to this episode. Um, because it will be talking about a deceased child and has some pretty gruesome details. So um, in 2002, Tiana Martin was 10 years old and an incoming fourth grader at Toby Lawless Elementary School. She was five foot five and 80 pounds. She was said to be tall and frail because she lived with Graves' disease, which is a rare autoimmune hyperthyroid disorder. 
Her condition did require close medical supervision and made her physically weak, and without treatment, it is fatal. Tiana and her two sisters, 12 and 14 years old, were living with her aunt, Tamara Lynette Robinson, and Tamara's two-year-old daughter, who reports say also suffered from a chronic illness, but it was not detailed. The five of them were living in an apartment complex in the 4400 block of West Avalon Ave in Fresno, California. Their mother, Tina Jackson, had lost her job and couldn't afford to take care of them, so she asked Robin Robinson to care for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. On September 8th, 2003, Robinson asked her sister-in-law to babysit the girls while she ran errands. All the children but Tiana arrived at the sister-in-law's home, and when asked, they responded that she was out of town. That evening, Robinson came to her sister-in-law's home, became upset, and asked where Tiana was. Her sister-in-law said that they should begin searching for her or contact the police. Robinson reported Tiana missing on September 9th, 2003 uh, at 1.30 p.m., stating that she had a history of running away from home and was last seen at 7.30 a.m. on September 8th. So I want to pause there. Mm-hmm. So we this is a 10-year-old. That yes. they say have a history of running away. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about the number of children and people and, and the mom struggling. I have some questions in the back of my head of why this girl may have been running away. Or if it was just the mom making that up. Well, did, uh, I, don't, I don't know, but I had yeah. questions. Well, it wasn't her mother that said it. It was, oh. yep. It was the aunt. The aunt, yes. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> now was she telling the truth or not? We will That's see. That's a good question. Only hours after the report was made, authorities arrested Robinson and charged her with two counts of felony corporal injury to a child and one count of child endangerment. Okay, wait, who was this for? One uh, of the other Robinson. children? Uh, no, one of the other children? Uh, We'll get to it. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. No, you know what? You know what? You know what? We've had, we've had, we've talked about this before. How like mm-hmm. you report, they report a child missing, yeah. and then the popo comes and wants to get you on some other stuff that's mm-hmm. not relevant to the child. So you know, my mind it, was it, just, it's, you know, it's definitely relevant. Oh god. Okay. Oh god. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I'm gonna be quiet. Where, where I'm gonna be going? quiet. Okay. Where was I? Okay. Uh, court documents indicated that both Tiana's sisters had been severely beaten. And one of them told her school vice principal, Tiana, was dead. She was not accused of abusing her own daughter, however. When interviewed by the police right after her arrest, Robinson admitted Tiana had been missing for months. What? Oh, come on now. What? Did you just say months? Months, yes. Oh, jeez. She said the last time she'd seen her niece was July 11th, 2003. She said Tiana caused many problems for her and described her as a problem child and her sisters as liars and insinuated that one of Tiana's sisters had hurt or killed her after a fight about physical exercises. Uh, Okay. This Mm -hmm. is not like some bullshit. This Mm -hmm. this don't even sound, nothing about this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. It just really does. And I just got to say, I keep 
hearing Tia and Tamara in my mind. I don't know why I keep thinking sister, sister. Lord. Um, and it's weird because I, I okay, I just want to say, I, you know, just I'm, I'm getting the Tia, to, you know, and I prefer Tia over Tamara. I just want to say that. Don't we all? I don't speak for everybody else, but I'm just, you know, okay, keep going. Sorry. Noted. Okay. Investigators received information from an undisclosed source that Tiana did not disappear in September 2003, but was in fact beaten to death by her aunt in July or August of 2003. Okay, who's the undisclosed source? They're undisclosed. (laughs) But come on, she, what? Mm -hmm. Oh God, what is happening right now? Her body was allegedly disposed of in a trash bin about a week after her death and would have been taken from there to the American Avenue landfill on American Avenue and Highway 145 in Fresno. One of Tiana's sisters said she witnessed the crime and both of them say that they were forced to help dispose of the child's remains and clean the apartment of bloodstains. Oh my God, the trauma of that. Yeah. The trauma of that. And then to be blamed for it. Oh my God. Robinson then allegedly concealed Tiana's disappearance for the rest of the summer and only reported her missing after relatives began asking about her. Tiana had regular doctor's appointments so her thyroid condition could be monitored. She missed an appointment on July 7th and the doctor's office was unable to get in touch with Robinson for a week. Robinson finally contacted them on July 14th and said Tiana was back in her mother's care. That same day, Tiana's sisters attended a birthday party without her, something their friends found odd since the three sisters were always together. Tiana's sisters started the school year in late August, but Tiana never showed up for her fourth grade classes. Robinson had completed school emergency contact cards for the two other older girls, but not for Tiana, and she didn't list her as a sibling on her sister's cards. When Robinson filled out forms for welfare, she named her daughter and Tiana's two sisters as dependents, but wrote that Tiana was going to go live with her mother. Authorities spent two weeks searching a local landfill for Tiana's remains using heavy digging equipment and ground crews, but could not find her. Over a year after the child was reported missing, Robinson was charged with murdering her. At her trial, both of Tiana's sisters testified against her. They stated on the- You know, at least they were doing, they did that. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times Mm -hmm. they get intimidated out of it, they get scared out of it, you know? So, Mm -hmm. wow. They stated on the day their sister died, they saw their aunt strip Tiana down to her underwear- confine her in a hot garage without water for approximately half an hour, slam her head against the wall, and severely beat her with items including a baseball bat, a meat tenderizer, a curtain rod, and a vacuum cleaner hose until the child collapsed and stopped breathing. The reason? Because she failed to exercise properly. Okay, wait a minute. Uh, Wait a minute. There have been multiple episodes where we have talked about somebody abusing children because they don't do some shit to an adult standards. Mm-hmm. You have to be, there has to be some really like deep seated all the way down to the core of your soul. Fucked up. Just damage. 
systemically, generationally, mm. where we look at a child and think, you are not doing what I want you to do the way mm. I want you to do it. And I'm going to beat the hell out of you into submission. Mm-hmm. A child's brain does not work that way. Neither, mm-hmm. And a child's body doesn't exercise like an adult. You it's know, all... it's, it's, the, it's the internalization of white supremacy. It is the internalization yeah. mm-hmm. of the violence that yep. Europeans inflicted upon us. And it's it's fear, right? So there's so, so much of it is this deep, deep, deep fear that if we don't do something to fix you, they will. Yeah. And it's a sickness. It is generational trauma. It is encoded in our DNA and we justify it. And it is so sick and twisted. And this is just, I can't even... Uh, God, like, and I think about the way that folks will almost proudly talk about the abuses they experienced as children as a way to show people that their parents cared about them, Mm -hmm. right? Like we have this thing where we believe that, that because we were beaten because we were abused, and it's so hard for us to even call it abuse, because we were abused that somehow our parents loved us and that was how they showed it. And it's just this brokenness that we have. And it's just, I won't hit my guy. I have not hit my kid. I don't hit my kid. And it is because I fundamentally understand where this comes from. Mm-hmm. But so many of us are just so stuck in this. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I have literally gotten in arguments and fights with kids who would tell me, that my parents didn't love me because they didn't hit us. And my parents used to say that, you know, they didn't feel like hitting kids was like, they didn't feel like it was effective. So like, Mm -hmm. if it's not effective, like, why are we hitting you? There's Mm -hmm. gotta be some other thing that you can do to help a child see, you know, when they are naughty or they're misbehaving or they're not listening or whatever. Mm -hmm. And even, I even have aunts who used to be like, See, your kids act like that because you don't beat their ass. And my dad is like, no, they're just children. (laughs) They're loud. They are. And how we associate it with whiteness, right? We associate like the loving, affirming, free children with whiteness. Yeah. We see this. Oh, that's how white people raise their kids. Right, Mm -hmm. right, right. Why do I have to? My dad used to say that he never wanted to be like the first man in my life that I'm afraid of. Because mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. knows, like, he's like, I have daughters and they're going to grow up and they're going to go out in the world. And there's a really good chance that a man is going to mistreat them. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. meant romantic relationships, but we know it, it does, it's not just that. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's at work. It's everywhere. It's the, it's the weird guy you work with at the water cooler. It's, you know, the asshole that you got a promotion before he did. And now he don't like you. It's the professor that thinks you're too smart or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't want to be the first man that my that my daughter is is fearing or has to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because I tell I've told so many men, and I've said this a number of times: if you hit your children, you hit your daughters especially, and they happen to be big, you know people that grow up to date men, and you hit them and you tell them, "I'm doing this because I love you." Yep. What are you teaching mm-hmm. your daughters? You're teaching your daughters that. Men will beat you because they love you. And the same happens with mothers to sons and things like that. It's Mm -hmm. like a lot of the men that endure domestic violence from women, Mm -hmm. 
you know, grew up being beaten by their moms and having their moms telling Mm -hmm. them, I'm doing this because I love you. Yep. And once we associate violence with love, we have a problem. And it's really on a micro level, you know, white people look at us as having these inherently violent relationships. So Mm -hmm. when they see two black people arguing on the street, they don't try to help out. If they see Mm -hmm. a a woman being beaten, they don't try to help out. They just assume that our relationships are inherently violent because we're just violent people. And this is what we Mm -hmm. like and that we're fine with it. You know, and so when we have these situations where the children are being abused or, or like in the many of the stories we have where the, the mother is being abused or whatever, mm-hmm. we have to understand that this is a generational issue for our people as a result of the torture, rape, murder, kidnapping, brutalization of African people for centuries. And we need healing. Mm-hmm. And the logic that is used that FJ mentioned, if you go to someone and say, I'm hitting you because I love you. And that's abusive. They'll say, well, no, if I was abusing this person, I just would leave them alone and not deal with them and this and that. If I'm putting forth the effort to correct their behavior or to hit them, that means I care. No, Mm -hmm. that shit doesn't even make sense. But it's ingrained in us that that is what makes it a caring situation. And it's not. And the fact that this woman, beat this child so horrifically so graphically and she isolated her in a garage like she was some sort of stray animal Mm -hmm. and it makes me wonder what else specifically was going on in these people's lives what was happening in that home who else were they around who else knew something because you don't beat kids like that and nobody knows right somebody and that's not like a first time mm-hmm. you did mm-hmm. this type of situation right reminds me of um Adrian Peterson the football player i don't know if y'all mm, remember yes. back in 2014 he got suspended because they you know, found out that he had beaten his little baby. I mean, I say baby, I think it was like four years old, four, but yeah. he, had, he had created a whooping room. He had created a room that he would take this child into to now, be, and it had, different, de- yeah, it had different devices in the room that he would use to be, yes, child. Whoa. Yes. And people continue to celebrate him as a football player. And I said, I hope he rots in hell. The stories that came out, the mom saw bruises on the, I think it was like two, it was I, just either two years old or four years old or something. something the mom I, saw bruises like on his testicles and stuff. It's like, what were you doing? He was using, yeah. Oh, dude, I thought it was man. just on their, the, the baby's thighs. Girl, Ooh. it was everywhere. And he was beating this. And then he comes out and says, you know, basically justifies it. I use, I'm disciplining my child. Da, 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 da. The man had stuff. I mean, it was one of the most vile, disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. And that was around the time I was just starting to give up on the NFL. It's like, you suspend him. Mm-hmm. At, but he's admitting to you that he's doing this as kids. So yeah, so mm-hmm. we have... This is one of those things that we continue to struggle with, even in, you know, the 21st century and, and, you know, the healing that we need is just, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Robinson attempted CPR, but was unable to revive Tiana. She made her nieces dress the body and put it in a sleeping bag. Jesus. I'm sorry. Then kept the body in the apartment for a week before disposing of it. She wrapped Tiana's body in plastic bags 
and put it in the apartment complex dumpster and poured bleach on it to disguise the odor. Jurors deliberated three days trying to figure out whether Tiana's death was murder or a lesser charge of manslaughter. The key issue was whether Robinson had a conscious disregard for human life, knowing her actions would lead to Tiana's death, prosecutor Dennis Peterson said. The panel decided on murder after being convinced that Tiana was beaten twice, once before she was ordered into the hot garage and again after she left. Peterson said the verdict vindicates Tiana's sisters, whom defense portrayed as liars. Yeah. Robinson's lawyer, Karen Junio, had given the jurors options. Acquit Robinson because there was no body, therefore no evidence that Tiana was killed, blame Tiana's oldest sister for the girl's death, or find Robinson guilty of manslaughter. Robinson denied having killed or intentionally harmed her niece, but in 2006, she was convicted of second-degree murder and felony child abuse, but was acquitted of child endangerment. Robinson was sentenced to 15 years to life in prison, with credit given for the three years she'd already served in jail awaiting trial. She could have faced oh, a maximum... God. <laughs> what? She could have faced a maximum of 22 years to life, but had no prior criminal record. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Oh my goodness, okay. Yeah. As an abolitionist, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the prison's not closed, so put that bitch under it. Right. But again, this is why I'm an abolitionist. What is this? Mm. If you, where it's not punishment. Yeah, you know, it's so arbitrary. It's so whatever. Make it up as you go. Like this is so ridiculous. Mm. I was saying on Twitter the other day about how, like, murderers, um, child abusers, molesters, just predators, and violent people in general, they really just do these crimes and essentially just get away with it. Because okay, like, let's say that they get locked up. Okay, then Mm. what? Then what? They're just locked up. Like, who gives a shit? Right. Mm-hmm. They're locked up. They're technically safe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this idea that, you know, people who are predators go to prison and everybody beats them up and does whatever. That's that's the, that's not the norm. That doesn't actually happen. Right. People think it does. Mm-hmm. And those people are living amongst, you know, their sames. Right. Who These are their peers. Or... Yeah they put them in administrative segregation where they are completely alone. Mm -hmm. Again, nothing's fucking happening to them. Mm -hmm. If they left them out here and ostracized them, put them in a building alone and just said, this is where the fuck you stay. Mm -hmm. Or you have to go on the outskirts of this town or whatever the hell. That would be much worse than saying, you're going to sit in this jail. We're going to feed you. It's it's ridiculous. And it's a waste of taxpayers' money. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't went off on a tangent. But I'm pissed because the horrific things that this woman did to this child. And then y'all are trying to figure out how the fuck to get her off. Are you insane? Yeah. yeah. But remember, like, we hate children in this country. Like, it's if true. they're not laboring for us... You know, we we actually hate them. Um, we see them as liabilities and unnecessary expenses, and they're only they only become val- children only become valuable when they can start working. 
That's it. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason that they want them in, in school. School. Yeah. The they teach them in school. They want yeah. them to learn whatever will make them highest Good. earners, which is why mm-hmm. so many schools are stressed, stressed about STEM and STEAM and engineering mm-hmm. programs for fucking middle schoolers and shit. Yeah. Because they're like, okay, well, tech is the future. Let's make sure that they all get tech jobs and they, they make a lot of money. Let's forget creativity, forget them. artistry. Yeah. They don't care about none of that. None of it. Let let them learn algorithms and AI shit and whatever and mm-hmm. you know, raise the price of um of housing and the cost of living. And it won't matter to them because they're coming out of school making 150k right unless they're in a school that is not no wealthy area then they mm-hmm. become worker bees and cogs in the machine and they don't have either, either, yeah. either way them. they're getting what they want it's disgusting yeah after the verdict tiana's mother tina jackson said she and her family received justice but not closure i don't have my baby her body i can't put her to rest Jackson also said her sister, Robinson, should receive the full prison term because my daughter got the maximum penalty. She's not here. But Kimberly Jackson, a cousin to Jackson and Robinson, said she hoped the judge would show mercy towards Robinson. For what? There's no winners, Kimberly Jackson said. Tammy Robinson has a good heart. She probably snapped caring for all those children with no help. Tina Jackson agreed she should she should share some of the blame. I should have been more into my kids, Jackson said, but never in a million years did I think this would happen. Tiana's remains have never been found. What? Yeah. Did they not give a location of where the body was? They um they searched the the landfill, but they were never able to find her. Like she fully I, decomposed, maybe. Pro- yeah, like, I wonder yeah, if all the stuff they were doing, pouring the bleach and all this other stuff, started to yeah. Because ugh. you think about it, if she was killed in July or August and she didn't get reported till mm-hmm. um when the girls were starting school, yeah, 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 definitely was a stretch of time. Right yeah. And then not, you know, not looking for a year, mm-hmm. she was decomposed, especially uh-huh. in a landfill. No, they, they yeah. looked for her right away when she was missing, because remember, Robinson got arrested the day she reported her missing. Oh, so it wasn't okay. a full year. OK, but it was so that's interesting. Months, it's interesting that they yeah, that they had um, that they had arrested her that mm-hmm. day. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. OK. Wow. Wow. Yeah. This is I always seem awful. to pick the worst yeah, cases. Yeah, you're morbid. I, no, no, I don't you're realize morbid. it until I start getting into no, it. And I'm like, I'm already what? there. It's part of your, you know, just something in your spirit. And it just. Okay, miss, you know, I listen to every true crime I podcast do. there is. I do. I am a horror I movie do. fan. I own it. I yeah. own it. But I'm the morbid one. It. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. Wow, that was that was a lot, and um, you know, rest in peace to this this baby, and and mm-hmm. you know, and to all of the children. Right, I really stories really, that we just don't ever hear that met a similar fate. Right, and right? I really really wanted to. I really hope that her sisters, yeah, have like have found some healing, have gotten some help because you can't be right. okay 
No. After that. No, no. They had the, I mean, they made them, she made them like help her cover the body. First of all, they probably they witnessed the abuse. Yep. They witnessed the killing. Then they had to help her clean it up. Then yeah. they had to force to lie about it. Right. Then they had to go through recalling it to like, you know, report on it. And, and then, then to testify be told, it. told that. And, uh, they're liars. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. That is awful. And I can't even imagine how the 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 sisters have had to just grow up and they you get to a point in early adulthood where it's like your brain is developing more, your emotions are a lot different, you're connecting things that you wouldn't have connected when you were a child. Mm-hmm. And they are at that age where they can they can think about stuff like that. And I just really hope that they found some therapy yeah. and, and, you know, built a community that holds them and lifts them up because mm-hmm. I cannot even imagine having endured what they did. And then the aftermath of it all. Right. And then having uh, another family member say, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I would have left that family the hell alone at the moment. Yeah, no, I absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I just keep thinking back. Hell. I keep thinking back to her saying that you know she was she would run away a lot. Like mm-hmm. how many other times have has the family lied on right a child mm-hmm. saying Especially that they run away? After someone said that the three sisters were always together. If she was yes. always running away. Run away. Then what? Then that doesn't make well, yeah, sense. That didn't, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And at nobody all. else ever confirmed that that was a thing. Yeah. Mm. Well, rest in peace to her. And yeah. thank you all for tuning mm-hmm. in to another episode of uh, Black Girl Missing. Um, we 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 are gonna try to bring some some happy endings. I don't. We trying, um, y'all. We're gonna do the best yeah. that we can, but we just here to tell the truth. So thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Black Girl Missing Podcast is researched, written, and produced by three concerned Black women who want justice for missing Black girls. Today's episode was written by Asa Todd, produced by Nikki Irene, and the Black Girl Missing theme was produced by Siraj Khalif. Be sure to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are BLK Girl Missing. On Facebook, we're at Black Girl Missing Pod. On Instagram, we are at Black Girl Missing Podcast. Visit our website for more information about each case, blackgirlmissingpod.com. Contact us on social media or email us at blackgirlmissingpodcast at gmail.com with any tips feedback, or names of girls you want us to look into. You can support Black Girl Missing by subscribing to our Patreon, where you will receive exclusive behind-the-scenes content and bonus episodes. Go to patreon.com slash blackgirlmissingpodcast and subscribe today. We really appreciate the support.
Hey, y'all. At the very top of the episode, we refer to this very sweet soul as Tiana Nicole Martin. And her name is actually Tiana Nichelle Martin. I just wanted to throw that correction in real quick. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.